joining us on another episode of RPG Hour. This was originally a part of a live stream, and so we don't have a normal intro. But this is Jonathan Andrews running Numenera, while Mrs. RPG Hour and me, Mr. RPG Hour, play. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so I've got an opening crawl. (laughs) We'll go over the house rules in a minute. But first, an introduction to Numenera. Okay. So... Over a billion, billion years hence, eight epochs passed in which uh, civilizations of mankind rose and fell. You guys now are born into a world of forgotten magics that you call the Numenera. They are the cast-off relics of the past. When you touch these relics, um, you hear the voices of the, their makers in your head. Now nano-sorcerers and eon priests call these whispers the data sphere. And they learn how to interpret its revelations and to uh, harness its cyclopedic knowledge for their own ends. But anybody can hear the voices testifying to the mysteries of the ancients. You guys are the wily jack and the fearless glaive. who discover these ciphers of the past and use them to uh, forge your own destinies. In a new epoch, you use spear and sword and crossbow to fight, but you also use energy disruptors and, what was the other thing you had? Living solvent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you armor your bodies with uh, steel plates and hide. You essentially have a small gelatinous cube. (laughs) That you th- that you do what you do with. You roll it. I have the fantasy six. version <laughs> and the sci-fi version with nanites. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh lord! <laughs> welcome to New and Era. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Uh, so, um, my character's name is Gilbert, uh, and his link to everything that we are doing today is that he honestly believes that your character will not survive without him. <laughs> <laughs> and not in a not in a like oh you need him for like 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 basically I'm the tank that makes sure that your life uh, that you don't die basically. <laughs> okay, that'll be interesting. Okay, because uh, I'm playing Gracie, who is a Jack, um, who murders. So I'm playing this more assassination, stealthy, wanting to sneak around and not have a giant lumbering armored thing following around. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things Cypher offers is the connections, and that's on the second page, I think. If you want, you can pick one of the connections, although with a group of two, it's a little bit less um, compelling. (laughs) And... Uh, but, yeah. It gives you it gives you a connection into the group as opposed to meeting in a bar or something. Uh, yeah, that's what I was using. The uh, traditional yeah, I meeting it. in a bar. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, it'll probably be you know what I do, what I am, and it's probably best that others, unless they're looking for. Well, my people are stuff. known for. Um, being pirates, murderers, barbarians, and thieves. So. That'll work. But I feel like you'll probably get in the way. If you need him to intimidate anybody, though, he's your guy. That's true. <laughs> that is useful. 
But if he's trying to keep me alive, I imagine, you know, the, the comics of uh, Pixie and Brutus, the, the kitten and the, the big dog. <laughs> this Brutus following me around while I'm doing stuff. I'm like, can I've, but... Okay, so, um, since you've never played the Cypher system, I guess we'll right. give a synopsis of the Cypher system. The Cypher system is a D20 system in which okay. I, the Game Master, don't have to roll anything. You guys nice. are going to do all of the rolling. When one of my NPCs attacks you, you get to roll defense. When you attack one of my NPCs, you roll attack. Uh, <laughs> it's very straightforward. If it's a question of initiative, you're going to roll initiative. And that's the way it works. I don't have to roll a single thing. Um, occasionally, I found one rule where the GM was supposed to make a rule because the players weren't supposed to know what the result was until after they had already done whatever it was. But that was kind of a chart thing, and, you know, it's, it's very unusual. It said that the, the exact terrifying. text was, yes, the GM makes a roll. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't happen very often. Uh, my takeaway from uh, describing this, if you're familiar with Dungeons & Dragons and you're familiar with PDQ... It's as if they had a baby, and then they grabbed a bunch of stuff from, like, the ether of, you know, not being used by either system or a lot of other systems out there. And, like, so now, like, there's multiple parents for this thing, and, like, that that's the uh, uh, weird way to talk about it. But there's definitely elements that you can see that are similar to PDQ, similar to, oh, what is the other system that kind of, uh, Fate kind of has some of that descriptiveness and descriptive base yeah. in there. Um, so, I mean, if you've never played Numenera, uh, the skills are very open. Um, they're, they're kind of very broad. Uh, just to give an example, I have a skill that says you are trained in all non-combat tasks dealing with brute force, from breaking open doors to bending bars. And I mean, that, that's the skill. Like, that's anything that encompasses under that, it, I can do that. And so um, it, it's kind of a more broad, open ability to do things, which I think is kind of a fun, interesting thing. So My well, character's good at breaking things. You're both good at breaking things. When you assist each other, man, your difficulties go way down. <laughs> <laughs> which is good because, uh, I mean, some of the difficulties get up there. Target numbers can be as high as 30, so. That's possible, yes. Oh, Although the difficulty is... 10 if the target number is 30 because I'm going to give you a difficulty between 1 and 10. And what that is is a rating from 1 to 10 of how hard something is. <laughs> That's the way you're supposed to think about it. If, if, if this is a scale of 1 to 10 this bad guy is uh, 4. Okay. And, and, then that's, and, and a 4 is going to give us a difficulty number of 12. So. That's right. You multiply it by 3 to translate that into your target number. So okay. if I'm using the terms correctly, and I don't always because of other games, but difficulty means the scale, the rating from 1 to 10, and target number means the rating from 3 to 30, that you're actually rolling a d24. Now the way a roll is going to work is, I'm going to say, you're trying to do this, the difficulty for that is going to be 6. Okay. And then you are going to decide, okay, so I'm trying to break down a door, okay, do I have any skills that apply to that? And he does. So he's going to go, okay, I'm skilled in this. And I'm going to go, okay, that brings the difficulty down by one. And then he's going to go, uh, she's going to be helping me. 
I go, okay, that brings the difficulty down by another one. And she says, hold on, wait a minute, I'm trained in this task, and I'm going to say, okay. So that brings down the difficulty down by two. So now your difficulty is only a three. Not bad, not whenever bad. Whenever your difficulty is a three, you roll a d20, and you're going for a nine or higher, because that's your target number. Nice. So Simple. you know that you have a, what, 60% chance of making it? We're going to be very good at breaking things. <laughs> <laughs> we will Murder, see. Breaking things. It's all the same in the end. We'll see. We'll see how well Jonathan enjoys this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a quick 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're both dead. <laughs> Rocks fall, you die. <laughs> The joke about casting uh, magic missile into the darkness. I break bones in the darkness instead. You're not sure that was bones. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It got broke. Okay, so the really great thing about the cipher system is it has uh, simple mechanics that apply all the time. Okay. But you don't have to worry about them very much. They don't really change. They're always going to be the same. And so you can focus on the story, the narrative. Okay. So, when you attack someone, I want you to tell me how you attack someone. I don't want you to say, I'm going to use X move. <laughs> yes. uh, and tangential to that, but now pertinent, uh, one of the house rules I use, because I like cinematic games, is style assets. So if you give a description of your move, then I will give you an asset for style. Because in a cinematic game, things are hard, but if you look cool doing it, you're more likely to succeed. Right. That's very cinematic. That's the way I like it, so that's <laughs> the way the mechanics go. <laughs> so, anytime you do a description, you can claim an asset if I don't remember to give it to you. Uh, that'll bring your difficulty down by one. Uh, I don't think e you're, either of you are specialized in anything. If you're specialized, it brings the difficulty down by two. If you are trained, it brings the difficulty down by one. Okay. And some Numenera will give you a specialization, so it may come into play. Uh, usually starting characters don't have one. No. No. Um, <coughs> damage. Damage is very straightforward in Numenera. If it's a light weapon, that's like a knife, or your fist, or a bottle, a club. It does two points of damage. Unless you're a glaive. You might do more if you're a glaive. Special abilities can increase your damage. But if it's a light weapon, it does two points of damage all the time. You never have to roll for it. Nice. If it's a medium weapon, like a sword, or an axe, or a mace, then it does four points of damage. And if it's a heavy weapon, like a great sword, or a great axe, or a maul, or most pole arms, then it does six points of damage. Hmm. Um, however, as a jack, you are only trained in medium and light weapons. So, right. if you try to use a heavy weapon, if you're forced to use one, it is going to come at a hindrance for you, which means that in, on top of the normal difficulty, it's one step higher. One step higher? Okay. Yes. Cool. Um, personally, I don't have a problem with 
crossing type on certain weapons sometimes, like quarterstaff. <clears throat> it, by the rules, a quarterstaff is a medium weapon, right? But nanos and staffs, what's up with that? Wizards always like staffs, right? So <laughs> uh, I don't have a problem with using a quarterstaff as a light weapon. You're doing less damage with it. Right. And um, so I don't have a problem it, it with that. It fits your type. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, okay. The other thing, I forgot to look it up, but it seems like light weapons give you a bo uh, get, actually make it easier to attack. Do you have that on there? So you're probably not having to do as much physically to make the attack because it's you're not fighting against the weight of the weapon. Well, essentially, <coughs> I look at, it, look at it as you're just taking a quick jab with the weapon. You're not using it to its full potential. Oh, well. I didn't look it up, so it's not going to work this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But it's possible that light weapons make it easier to attack. Um, eh. I just forgot to look it up. Um, there are fear rules in the Lovecraftian uh, Numenera supplement. Nice. And I love fear checks, so I'm going to be using those. Basically, it's just <laughs> an intellect check when you first encounter a scary oh, bad, bad guy. That <laughs> an intellect fail, check. You're going to take intellect damage. That, that represents the fear that's disabling you. Um, let's see. I, they, I, don't, I wasn't able to find them in the new books, but mm -hmm. in the original Numenera book, they had rules for lasting damage. So, oh, didn't talk about that. Uh, if you take damage, when you take damage, you lose points from your pool. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll talk about spending effort in just a minute. When you take damage, you lose points from your pool, and right. your pool drops. And that represents what hit points represent in other systems. So, um, <clears throat> if... Any of your pulls hits zero, you are, what's the term for the first level? I mean, for the first condition? It's not on the chart. It's uh, impaired? Is that it? Um, on the character sheet, yes. I okay. So. so when you're impaired, you, you everything's harder for you to do. You take a hindrance on all your actions, and um, it seems like you can't run. But you can otherwise act normally. If you have another pull drop to zero, then you are debilitated. And at that point, you're basically crawling around. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, if like speed is zero, you cannot move. Yes. Uh, but I, I guess if you still got speed, then you can at least move. Yeah, there it is. Damage track. Uh, now, if all three of your stat pools drop to zero, you are dead. And it requires the blessings of the ancients to bring you back. Um, okay. Now, on top of losing pool points like that, you also have abilities that's, that will cost you pool points. Okay. And you can always spend effort on a roll. Now, as, as beginning first-tier characters, your effort is one. That means you can apply one level of effort to any roll you want, um, and it will reduce the difficulty by one step. Uh, now, applying effort costs three points for the first level and mm -hmm. two points for every level after that. Not that you're going to apply other ones right. because you're only first level. Right, we only have the one. <laughs> so it costs you three points to apply one level of effort, 
and it comes out of the pool that you are using on the roll. This is the only way in which the pool interacts with the role, with the, uh, a role. Mm -hmm. uh, if I tell you it's an intellect role, your pool has no bearing on that. You are always going to be rolling d20 for whatever the difficulty number is, uh, unless <coughs> you're spending effort. And if you're spending effort, then the, pool, the points are going to come out of that pool. So if it's an intellect attack that does intellect damage, and it does less than three points of damage, you probably shouldn't spend a point of effort to make the roll easier because that's going to be taking more out of your pool than take, than losing that, that right. attack would. Unless it has other effects, which is, it sometimes does. Um, but that's how it works on all the pools. Uh, if you if your ability has costs one speed point, then every time you use the ability, you are going to be spending one point out of your speed pool. Now, the modifier to that is edge, and you have one edge in your speed pool. Yep. And you have one edge in, oh gosh. I have zero edge. <laughs> no, a glaive should have one edge in um, might and speed. I probably just forgot to change it on, the, on your matrix. You have might edge of one, speed edge of one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, what edge does is it reduces the cost of one use of your pool per turn. Okay. So if you spend effort and you have an edge of one, then it only costs two points for the first level of effort, not three. If you use an ability that has a cost of one and you have an edge of one, it costs nothing. But you can only apply your edge to one uh, use of pool for per turn. So if you use an ability that costs one, and you sp have spend effort. You can't apply your edge to both. Just okay, the just the one. Okay, I think that makes sense. Final note, you can also use effort to increase damage. Oh, nice. One level of effort adds three damage to one attack. Cool. But you can't use more effort I mean, you can't apply effort to damage and uh -oh. an attack. All right. So, for the viewers that won't see the map, just pull up a map of Numenera, the Ninth World. They're available online. Uh, not this one. Other book. Yeah, we actually just bought the, the regular Numenera book. I didn't realize there was much of a difference between them. There's actually about three years of player feedback, and they've kept up with it pretty well. Hmm. So, but there were some nice optional rules in the original book that I wish they had in the new book. So, <laughs> the original book is really good. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> okay, so this is the ninth world. Um, the part of the supercontinent that you guys are on. This area here to the west of the Black Riage is called the Steadfast. And it is nine kingdoms that are more or less at peace most of the time and are bound together by a spiritual order called the, the Order of Reason okay. or the Amber Monastery, the Amber, Amber Papacy. Um, <clears throat> It's not a religion, 
they venerate the ancients and technology. And so it's, it's more of a science cult. They don't really look at themselves as a religion either uh, inside the church. They, uh, they, they want to preserve the Numenera. They want to learn from the Numenera, and they want to pass on knowledge. But the commoners who till the fields and tend the flocks and um, build buildings and stuff, they have found, like it when they uh, are more like a church, they tend to react better to them. And so they kind of act like a church. <laughs> <laughs> we will behave this way because it is beneficial to our survival. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so most people think of them kind of like a church. Okay. And so that's kind of the function they fill in life. Uh, but really, what they're all about the science. Um, oh, and the third third of Newton's laws was... <laughs> I think thermodynamics is the second one, right? So what's the third one again? <laughs> um, there are other gods, but a lot of those are very local, and there aren't any really large ones. Uh, in the new books, you get into the Gaeans, who are the northern people who are different. They're a different religion, and you have a war going between the Amber Pope and the Gaians. But that wasn't in the first book. So, uh, What I did read about in the first book, uh, of like it, it almost seemed uh, kind of like Shintoism with the, the little minor gods and how it was more about just placing up like a, a place to worship and the gods are kind of all over the place. And, but they're, they're, it also, the way that it reads is that it's nanos themselves or other folks that are that have powers that are the gods themselves. So yeah, it, it was kind of an interesting take on this. Well, and it's different everywhere. Like uh, in Ephraim in the Badenu Forest and the Beyond, they have a local god who is um, like a forest spirit. And in order to gain favor for her and, and grant, be granted long life, you can sacrifice a child, <laughs> which is just terrible. And... Um, People in the the rest of the, of the world <laughs> think that's awful, but the people in Ephraim, some of them do that. <coughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, let me see. Hidden Nerish also has some freaky thing going on, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. This There's just a lot of world information. It's fascinating. Yeah, I didn't get too much into the lore, and I was like, no, 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 I, figure, figure, I don't know what lore he's going to go into, so I don't want to memorize the wrong thing. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so you guys are going to be in the beyond, and specifically north of the Great Slab, up in this area here. Uh, currently, you guys are on a wagon. That's why it's taking so long to get started, because it's a long journey. And um, I think you came from around Yoshui. You started off in Uxfan over here. And then you traveled around here, and you're going up past the Great Slab. And so you guys are on the wagon. Currently, you're in a break time on the wagon, so you're kind of napping or resting your eyes, as the case may be. I'm always, it always makes me nervous when the GM's like, y'all are asleep. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. Very fair. <laughs> in this particular case, you guys' memory returns to the market at Uxfon, where you guys joined up with, well, where you guys... Uh, uh, the last place you guys were with the caravan. 
you may have been there uh, previous. The caravan actually came out of Naresh up, at the, up in the north uh, part of the Steadfast. But uh, the last place that you guys hit the big bazaar was Uxfan. And that's because there were a Trevanus ult. There was a cult with a Trevanus ult that made you use up all your ciphers. And so you guys were in the bazaar buying ciphers, right? Makes sense. So Uxfan is a fun city. Um, it's a medieval town that's built on a mass of pipes, like big conduit pipes. Uh, some of them are about this big around. Some of them are larger than a man, like sewer pipes. <clears throat> and they're just all over the city, and the city's built on top of them. This particular market is in a crook in one of the pipes, and uh, several rows of traders have set up booths and stalls and tables, and they have their little lead boxes, collection boxes with the ciphers in them. Um, one thing that you know as common knowledge in the ninth world is that it's not a bad idea to get too many ciphers together because uh, the nanos say something about radiation, right? So if you get too many of them together, they may interact with each other and blow up. <laughs> you know the story about a guy who melted from having too many ciphers? <laughs> bad juju. Okay. So you have a cipher limit that's about as many ciphers as you want to carry. Cool. If you have one more than your cipher limit, you're probably not going to blow up or melt, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Why does my head feel funny? <laughs> <laughs> so being a cipher trader in the ninth world is fun. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, you see all these lead boxes lying around with the heavy metal and the ciphers tucked inside them. And um, just rows of these. And you guys are picking up the ciphers that you currently have. Okay. When there's a shout from the other side of the square, or the other side of the, the other row, and you look up and you see a man, a gray-skinned individual with huge pointy teeth and a bulb, bulbous, a head that's kind of like this. Uh, it's, it sticks up in the, and uh, glowing red eyes with nasty, nasty claws. And he is currently taking a bite out of somebody's skull. So there's blood going everywhere. And there are Four more of them piling out of a wagon with a um, cage in the back. Okay. It so looks like they broke the lock or something. Oh, Lord. Okay. Someone says, guards! And people start running everywhere. So, hmm. It's probably a good idea to get out of whatever these things are his way. <laughs> you so are a question. <clears throat> Do you oh, think Lord. that man tastes good? He seems to be chowing down on him. No, he probably doesn't. But he looks like he's enjoying it. How can you tell? I'll go ask. Okay, yeah, you go ask. Uh, with Polax in hand, uh, he's going to uh, approach 
uh, but it's going to be slung over the shoulder. So if he makes a move, it's just straight down onto <laughs> okay. him. I- I'm sneaking around the side to make sure he doesn't immediately get murdered. <laughs> good deal. Does he need spices, or does he taste good like that? Crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with your tongue. Let's try this again. Does he need spices or does he taste good? You are familiar with the Egothus. The Egothus is a... They're called abhumans. They're not human. Okay. Well, clearly. But they look human-ish. And the reason they're called abhumans is because they're nasty, uncivilized sorts who eat people? do things like eat people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the I s- no, I, I speak his language. Do you really? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You're like, wait, let me look into this. I was like, I remembered something else, and as soon as you started talking, as soon as you said abhumans, I remembered. Um, so no, I'm going to repeat all of that. In a language he'll understand. Okay. Um, Probably that has a lot to do with body posture and (laughs) the fact that you're going to eat him if he does anything you don't like. (laughs) So within the bounds of that, you convey. (laughs) Um, He knows this issue. Uh, The unruly folks behind him chase chase after a small child that direction. Um, And he kind of looks at you and looks at his meal and looks at your weapon and looks at his meal and shrugs and says it tastes okay to me and goes back to eating. Okay. Uh, While he's distracted, I'm going to uh, executioner style just like straight down on him but I'm going to lean into this as much as possible. Um, And yeah, so... Ordinarily, I would call for an, in- an initiative check to see if you can get the drop on him, but your interaction disarmed him. So, go ahead and make the attack roll. That's uh, what I was hoping for. <laughs> I was hoping that I could disarm him. But if I could talk to him, maybe he won't immediately kill me. <laughs> Let me see. <clears throat> Alright, so I figure this will be a might task, not a um, speed task. With a melee check, it can go either way. If you approach it as you're hitting with all your force, then that's a strength task. If you're approaching it with, I'm going to hit him with finesse, then it's a speed task. And that doesn't depend on the weapon. It doesn't depend on where you are for the most part. It just depends on how you're approaching the attack. Now, with a ranged attack, it's always going to be a speed test, but... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, think, I figured this is going to be might. Melee um, attacks are versatile that way. Do I get to take away two steps for technically being a surprise? Sure. And your difficulty is three. After taking away two? Nope. Okay, so I'm at a one. You're at a one. Awesome. So I just <laughs> got to get a three or higher. That's right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I got a one. That was loud, I got a but oh one. my god. This, wow. is, this is why I was sneaking around the side. I didn't realize I, we were coming to come into this this early. <laughs> <laughs> I got a one. So, quit. 
What happens when he gets a one? <clears throat> okay, so. I quit. That's what happens. <laughs> the next part of Cypher System we're going to talk about is intrusions. <laughs> <clears throat> the GM intrusion is basically the way I have to affect the world because I don't roll dice. <laughs> right. At least that's the way they, 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 they talk about it in the book. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as I get to do fun stuff that I would probably do anyway. <laughs> but since I'm doing it in this system, I give you guys experience points for it. <laughs> cool. So basically, cool. I am going to offer you um, something that might or might not happen to your character. <laughs> And I'm going to ex explain it to you, but it's not going to be in specifics. It's going to be in vague terms. And then normally, when I do this, you get to say, I want that to happen. Give me my XP. Or I do not want that to happen. Here's, my, here's one XP. And it's, it's a transaction. It's very transactional. However, when you roll a one, I get a free intrusion, and you don't get to say jack about it. <laughs> so... Um, the guy he was eating happened to be wearing a cipher in his pocket and your um, axe doesn't hit the, the gothus, it hits the cipher and the cipher just goes off all over the place lightning everywhere uh, three other ciphers that are that are right next to you cook off too. There, oh. There's there's oh, a, a flash of colors and there's a poof of sm of gray smoke and uh, then a small child starts screaming loudly. Um, and not it. <laughs> we're going to do essentially what's a reflex save for you. So you are making a speed test to avoid getting electrocuted and or color sprayed. <laughs> if, you get, uh, if you have the option, choose to get color sprayed rather than electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say what level the color spray was. <laughs> oh, that's true. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's say the difficulty for this one is a four. Oh, God. Twelve or better. Twelve um, or better. Let's see if I have anything. Uh... You have a speed edge, so if you take a level of effort, it only costs you one, uh, two points. Yeah, let's do that. So um... that means you're rolling for a nine or better, which gives you slightly better than fifty-fifty odds. Ten. Oh yeah. <sighs> hey, spending the effort <coughs> really paid off for you that time. Personally, I spend effort. And then I roll a one. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to do that. <laughs> See, that's he's the good thing over, about me not rolling. I don't roll twenties on you. I don't roll ones <laughs> on me. So, okay, so you just spent two speed points. Mark them off on your pool. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, you are sneaking around. Yeah, I'm watching this happen. Um, what does it look like the broody guy is doing? The lightning. <laughs> jolted him such that he jerked and dropped the man. The color spray made him blinded, so now he's confused. And the um, puff of smoke made him smell really, really bad. Oh, and the small child screaming terrified him, so now he's cowering too. Oh. You know, 
<laughs> he's not really a threat at the moment. <laughs> no, I would say he's definitely not a threat. Um, what about the other ones? Those are still going after the child. There are two of them on either side of the row. Mm -hmm. You can see the small child hiding underneath the table here. They're at the end of the row looking for the one. And the third one is on top of the tables. They're heading toward the small child now. Can I... <clears throat> I think my best course of action would be to run at the one that's on the tables because crushing small child is much more an immediate threat to to what's going on and good distraction. Fair enough. Um, run and jump onto onto the brute's back. I'm assuming he's facing away from me because he's going towards small child. Kind of sideways-ish, but yeah, you can put it toward the back if you want. Okay, and I'm just going to take my dagger and just plunge it into the dude as hard as I can. <laughs> okay. Not so much I'm not so much aiming for anything in particular, just just stabbing him to get him to stop for a second. All right. Um so running that's more than a short distance away from you. Okay. So technically you would have to make a move so check and move. an attack. Okay. But since the move is really part of an attack in this case, let's just combine them into one. Okay. Um, I have... However, I am going to give you a hindrance since you're doing the jumping on the table and running at him, too. Okay. I am trained in all jumping actions. Oh. You can apply that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I can jump really good and break things. <laughs> okay. So that makes your difficulty a three. Okay. You have already applied a skill, so you can't apply two skills. Right. So you're at a nine right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Do you want to apply effort? Since you have a speed edge of one, that would cost two speed points, but it's up to you. What's your speed pool look like right now? Fourteen. So it's pretty good. Yeah, I could go ahead and do that. Okie dokie. That brings it down to a two. You're rolling for a six or better. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't do what you usually do, guys. Let's just let's just try this time. <laughs> Woo! 14! Very good. Okay. Okay, you jump on him. Do you do you do it, deal any additional damage from your murdering? Um, uh, let me look. My murders. Let's see. So, um, a surprise attack. Um... On a successful hit, I inflict two additional points of damage. Nice. So, yeah, I could do that. Oh. That'll be work. That'll and work. And well, you also gain an asset to your attack, so technically you were only rolling for a three. Oh, well, I did good, so... We're Remember good. that well, next time. Also, Remember that uh, next time, yeah. Also, technically, if, she, if it's surprise, then she would have been at a routine. That's true. So you wouldn't even have to have rolled. That's true. I am an assassin. I run up and murder the guy. At any rate, you rolled excellently, and so... You would have only rolled to see if you would have gotten extra damage from rolling a 17 or 18, so... Oh, okay. well, either way, I run up, I stab the guy. You jump on him, you catch him off guard, <clears throat> and you stab him in the chest. Now, he's not dead, 
but he is hurt and now he's distracted by you. So he's now trying to trying to wriggle you off. The other two on the on the sides of him are no longer going after the little girl. Right, because they're now more interested in this flying thing that came and stabbed their friend. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm going to stick with her for a couple of beats to finish out the action, and then I'll come back to you. You might want to see what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so um, one of the guys is... He, the guy that you're on is in between one of the guys and you, so he can't attack you, but his friend takes a rake at your back. Okay. So you are going to need to make a speed defense action. Okay. What are you going to do to get away from his attack? The easiest thing to do... Uh, the riskiest thing to do... How good is my? How well is my dagger lodged in this dude's chest? You can pull it out. Easily. I could pull it out. Okay, best thing to do would be to dislodge and just. How tall are they? Man sized. Man sized. Probably dislodge and tuck and roll. Okay. <laughs> just get get away now that they're distracted by me. Getting disentangled and, and trying to essentially get low to the ground and bolt. Speed defense is high. Okay. So their attack is a, is a level three, is a difficulty three. Okay. So I need to roll a nine or better to not um, get hurt. Does your, is your jumping, leaping thing only jumping, leaping, or is it doing anything for... It's, it's just jump... Uh, all jumping actions, and okay. since it wouldn't necessarily make sense for me to try to, well, I guess it would make sense for me to try to jump off of him, while you basically using his body as leverage to push myself away. You are going to be moving out of range of immediate attack. Yes. Then I'll let you do it. Okay. So, so you're then for yes. A six instead of a, th- a nine. A six instead of a nine. Okay. I was trying to see it in my head. I was like, how would this make the most sense? <laughs> 17. Very good. Um, <clears throat> for attack actions, if you roll a 17, you get an additional point of damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all other actions, a 17 is normal. Right. Um, however, for all rolls, if you roll a 19, you get a minor effect. Mm-hmm. And that means that you get to add a little bit a of, little flavor. Of, of fluff. <laughs> Does that count? Do we count that? Should we count that? I think we to should. Your effect. <laughs> and if you roll a natural twenty, then you get a major effect. You add a lot of stuffing <laughs> to, <laughs> to your effect. <laughs> okay. So there are currently one agothus on t- on top of the table. There are two agothi surrounding the table over there, and she is rolled away and is out of immediate range of them. You are on the other row. row. What are you going to do? Um, so is what's going on with her immediately obvious to me? Like, can I just... Yes. Okay. Um, In this area, the rows are such that you can see over them. Okay. So it's more like tables rather than like booths, right. actual booths. Right. There aren't any tall booths in this part. Okay. <laughs> Then um, I'm. The other merchants wanted to be able everybody to see them. <laughs> no booths in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Only booths in back. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm gonna 
to attach my disruptor to my uh, pole axe. Okay. And then I'm going to move in to strike the nearest, um, however you pronounce their name again. <laughs> Igothus. Igothus. yeah. Okay, so technically the nearest one is the guy that is confused and cowering next to you. No, 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 I meant the... Closest in that one action. that they're involved yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, Okay. You are on the other side of the row. Are you going to jump over the tables to get to them, or are you going to go around? Um... Are you trained in jumping? You know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something even better. You are trained in breaking things. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move through the tables. Excellent. I'm going to, and when I say that, I'm going to use my whole axe to fling anything in my path in the most like. Wait, it, these are booths full of ciphers. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The visual effect of this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and um, I'm going to attempt to try and hit anything that looks like it could contain ciphers in their direction. Okay. So are you going to make it far enough to attack them, or are you just focusing on getting through in the first place? Um, I'm hoping to get through to attack them. However, I don't know what's going to happen between, between now and, and then. Them. Yeah. <laughs> If you're hoping to hit any ciphers into them, <laughs> then I'm going to say no attack this turn. Okay. If you're just going through for visual effect, then... I'm just going through for visual effect, then. I don't... I don't okay. Have... Why don't we go ahead and make a roll for the going through? Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, so... Why do I envision this as, like, the the planet, the gladiator planet from Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> like, the, the, mer- the, the... When they were in the, the marketplace? So I'm building yes. it so it goes down, so it was my... What am I looking at? Um, so, through the tables without tripping. Um, ordinarily, I would say it's a difficulty a four. Alright, so with my brute force, that'll bring it down to a three. Mm-hmm. So I got a nine or better. I got an eleven. Good enough. Good enough. Oh, I'm so glad that I had something to bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, since it's an awesome effect, we were, I was going to bring it down another one anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember what I said about style style assets? Yes, yes. I completely, I completely forgot that it, it directly affects it. So. Yes. I believe in mechanical effects. <laughs> Okay, so you tromp through this. Cyphers are going everywhere. <laughs> Tables flying. The Gothai over there are very, very uh, alarmed. <laughs> they all look up at you and... Ah! <laughs> so in the language that they, they directly understand, uh, I'm, I'm going to yell, This is why we stick together! <laughs> in their language at them. I believe their response, collo- a colloquial translation of their response would be, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can attack. All right. Um, so I'm He is completely to, surprised. I'm going to try and uh, attack the one that's on the tables. Okay. Um, I want to try and, if I don't hit it, hit it with a poleaxe... Uh, with my Polex, what I want to do is I want to at least like trip him off the table, if nothing else. You can do either one. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just like try and sweep the legs uh, while getting him with the axe bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, If you ever look for this rule, it's called trading damage for effect. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> but yes, you can do that. <laughs> and so their their difficulty is a three. That's right. So oh, I, I I failed to mention earlier their speed defense is four. So no oh, speed defense is four. Okay. The, they attack at three, but they defend at four. Okay, mm. so they're defending at four. Um, surprise automatically takes it down to a two. Yes. And then um, training in the weapon is going to take it down one more. Actually, training works different. The, you oh, can okay. be trained in attack actions, but being trained in attack actions is a bit different than being trained in the weapon. Training in the weapon just means that you don't have a hindrance when you're using it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, then, yeah, so I'm at a six or better. Yes. Is that a 20? That's a 17. Okay. Nice. That's an additional point of damage, so you will hit, not trip him and deal damage. Okay, so... Um, what does the disruptor do? Uh, he's going to get an additional point of damage nice. and loses his next action due to the burst of nanites uh, that are attacking his organic cells. Uh, so what happens is as soon as I make contact with the weapon, they leave my blade or they leave my weapon and start attacking him. Is this a one-time effect? Or uh, for the it... next 28 hours. Okay. Yeah. So for the next 28 hours, my pole axe well, is... Well, uh... I, I made a very lovely entry point for them <laughs> so they can actually do interior damage. <laughs> So nice. And that's um, that's eight damage total. Okay. Uh, oh I think tripping God. is a two point effect. Might be four point. At any rate, he's hurting. <laughs> so you go through, you sweep the leg, and he just collapses. His feet go flying up. His head goes flying down, and he lands with a loud crack. You can't tell if he's moving. You can't even tell if he's breathing or not at this point. Um, and so he's lying there. And then the other guy attacks you. The one, the one, the other one that's that's on the oh, As soon as I'm done, like as soon as I'm done connecting, I just yell, NEXT! <laughs> I don't care if he's coming at me. It's... At the same time, you, you, you finish your swing. This, the, the next guy attacks you. And he tries to jump on your back and rake you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of RPG Hour. This was us playing Numenera. Uh, we do hope that you enjoyed. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go over to ko-fi.com forward slash RPG Hour. You can also find us at patreon.com forward slash RPG Hour. Uh, or you can go to our website, rpghour.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and we do hope that you enjoyed the show. And until the dice roll again.